Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto him, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You may be seated. We want to talk about the power of God. The power of God. First, when we look at verse 15, it says, they took the money and did as they were taught. Took the money and did as they were taught. When you think about it, what is the world doing? And doing as they taught. And what they're being taught is not what's right. Amen. When Jesus made this statement all about all power, he was saying, whatever kind of power exists, it has been given to me. Whatever type of power that you can imagine, it's been given to me. See, the Bible tells us that all things have been created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Jesus has come to teach you what is true and what is right. Man has done all kinds of things to make you believe that he's got power. Power in man's terms means to force you to do as he pleases or wishes you to do. To have influence and have control over you. To him, that's, that's power. If I can tell you what to do, Amen. I can control you, that's power. Power, uh, it means to have the energy, the ability, and authority. Man exercises his power by the way of Money. You got money? You got power. Weapons. The whole world is being bombarded with types of weapons, and because of these weapons, man says, I got power. You do as I say. He uses his strength in numbers as power. 
and thinks his rank or position means power. And just because you are a man doesn't mean you're the only one with power. Remember Samson and Delilah? Does anybody know about Jezebel? How he had power over Ahab? You see, women use their body and beauty as power over men. Oh, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all might as well admit it. Power is what all men want today. Power is used to keep, to get, or to keep you in check. Power is used to dictate or control someone. But man cannot handle power. When most men get power, it goes to their head. They get all uppity. Just by definition. Just because one has the ability to do something, it doesn't mean they have the authority to do it. Yeah. Now, being qualified doesn't mean you qualified. Mm. You, you understand that? Yeah. Just because you got the education to make you qualified don't mean that you got the experience to be qualified. Let's, let's, let's break it down to a child's spot. When parents go away, the oldest will say, I'm in charge. Don't they do it? (laughs) Just because you are the oldest doesn't mean you have the ability to be in charge. Then, if the younger sibling thinks they are smarter, it also gives them the impression that they should be in charge. Just because you think you're smarter don't mean you're smarter and be, that you have the ability to do what needs to be done. Now, there's one, one, other, one other side. The only child and the youngest of the all. Just because you're the only child or the youngest doesn't give you a right to pout to get your way. You think that's power. Cry a little. From a child, children learn how to persuade. They exercise that childish power that used to look cute. They use it to get their way. They've done it from firstborn to lastborn. Power is used to manipulate and to get your way. But no one knows how to use all power except Jesus. Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I'll do it. Now that's power. huh? When you know you done cut up and done something you ain't got no business doing, but you got somebody to advocate intercede for you, Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Huh? I, I can recall at times when I was ready to handle my children for something they'd done and they had someone to intercede it. Mm. <laughs> Baby, no, no, that don't. Sometimes it didn't work. 
But Jesus intercedes for us. If no one else was had the power, had the ability, had the authority, had the right, it's Jesus. Amen. And he did it just for me. How many can say it just for me? So what does it mean when you have power? Before you can exercise power over anyone else, you first must exercise power over yourself. Wow. Make sure you are first partaker before you decide to take part. Before you pull the moat out your brother's eye, get the beam out your own. See, an alcoholic can't tell a drunk to quit drinking. A thief won't tell a robber to stop stealing. How can I tell you not to get mad if I'm getting mad myself? Huh? I mean, it ain't no way I can hold you back if I'm ready to jump on it myself. How, how can I say stop laughing at someone if I can't quit laughing myself? Amen. You've got to have the power yourself. Amen. Everything Jesus asked us to do has already been done by him. Amen. Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Romans says it and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Meaning, Jesus' power was proven by his resurrection. Let me share an account of God's power. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 19. 1 Samuel chapter 19, starting at verse 17. Y'all... Educated mind readers, excuse me when I stumble over some of these words. Verse 17 says, And Saul said unto Michelle, Why hast thou deceived me so and sent away mine enemy, that he is escaped? Michelle answered Saul, He said unto me, let me go. Why should I kill thee? See, Saul was trying to kill David. So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel, to Ramah, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and dwelt in Naoth. See, Samuel was the prophet, the man of God. This is who David ran to. When you have problems, who do you run to? When something is amiss, where do you go? I believe the song said, have a little talk with Jesus and tell him all about your troubles. But we have a little talk with the psychiatrist. We have a little talk with the therapist. We have a little talk with so-and-so. We have a little talk with the gossipers. And we tell him all about our troubles. And when it's all over with, we still got the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. 
And verse 19, and it was told Saul, saying, Behold, David is at Naoth in Ramah. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. We're talking about power now. You see what that happened here? The messengers is there to kill him, but instead of killing him, they prophesying. When people come here, they should see and feel love. When people come here, they should have the same joy that we have. They should rejoice, be glad. But the question is, is that what you're doing? Your enemies, whoever they are, should feel God's power. You should be full of joy and ready to praise him from the point that you walk in here. Verse 21 says, and when it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Do you think that the power of God is going to get weaker because you sent a few more? And Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. You got an army of killers, but they going into the house of the Lord where others are praising God, and they praising him too. Oh, that, that's, that's, ain't that wonderful? You, you, that's power. You come to kill, but you prophesying. No weapon formed against you to prosper. The power of God is greater than any power of man. No matter how many people sent, no matter what kind of people come, the atmosphere here should always be lifted with praise. From time entering until time of departure. Verse 22 says, Then went he also to Ramah and came to a great well that is at Sikhu. And he asked and said, Where's our Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they be at Naoth in Ramah. How many know? It doesn't matter who comes here. Or their purpose. Our goal is to lift up the name of Jesus. It don't matter what title anyone has or what position someone doesn't have. Our responsibility, our goal, our purpose, our joy is to lift up the name of Jesus and give him praise. And, and then for us, if, if anyone comes with an attitude, leave it at the door. If you had an argument, leave it in the car. It don't belong here. See, when you come in here, the Spirit of God should be so high that you forget about whatever it is that you was thinking about. And hopefully when you go out, you won't remember it. That's the power of God. Ain't the Lord good? We come with this purpose. 
me and my house will serve the Lord. Now look at verse 23. And he went thither to Naoth in Ramah. And the Spirit of God was upon him also. We talk about Saul. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth in Ramah. Did you think Saul was any different than anyone else? Did you think if the Spirit of God can come upon his messengers, that the Spirit of God can't come upon him? Is there anyone too high for God? Do you think anyone in this world has, is an exception to the power of God? Or oh, y'all on the right page now. Look at what happened to Saul in verse 24. And he, he didn't just prophesy like the rest. It says, and he stripped off his clothes also and prophesied before Samuel in like manner. And lay down naked all that day and all that night. Wherefore they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Huh? You just not gonna you not gonna just prophesy. You gonna strip. Now, let the record show so so your minds don't get crooked. He wasn't in his birthday suit. Okay, back then, they wore attire, and when they stripped the attire, they still were covered in those areas. Amen, amen. <laughs> For those of y'all on conference, you need to be here to understand what those areas are. But he not only prophesied, but was stripped before the Lord. And he didn't just prophesy for a minute. How long was it? All, all, day, and all day and all night. Boy, that's some prophesying, ain't it? Here Saul is fighting against God and trying to have David killed and ended up prophesying with the rest. Now, what would happen? What would happen if Trump and Biden came here for one purpose and ended up prophesying. Well, it's possible, say. Amen. God can do it. Yes, he can. Huh? And point being is, this is not a spot for politics. Amen. This is a spot for prophesying. Yes, thank you, Lord. This is a spot for, for receiving the word of God. Amen. If you're not coming in for that purpose, don't come up here. Oh, the Lord is so wonderful. You see, David was a man after God's own heart. Now, let me challenge you for a moment. Where do you stand with God? Question that you answer yourself. You ain't got to say it out loud. You ain't got to write it down. You ain't got to put it on Facebook. Where do you stand with God? Some may say, Pastor, I have no intentions of getting saved or serving God right now. I want to exercise or experience life while I can first. Are you saved or, or just going through the motions? Have you received him or just come into church? You may say, I, 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 don't, feel, I don't feel saved. What does salvation feel like? 
Help me. Amen. Salvation is not about a feeling. It's about faith. Can you at least say I'm after God's heart? Can you at least say that I'm after it? I'm trying to find it. I'm, I'm going to use some bad English for those that feel like experiencing life first. So y'all bear with me. I'm going to use some bad English. Get God while he is there to be got. Because without getting God, there's no life to be got. Now, Pastor, that, that, Pastor, that really sounds ghetto. But you know what? By trying to experience life without Christ sounds ghetto to me too. Because he's the only way. He's the only one that has life. And really, there's some things in life that you don't want to experience, especially without Christ. Take it from, if you can't take it from nobody else, take it from me. When you are in the presence of God, really nothing else matters. Amen. No, nothing else matters. I, I know I've told this before, but it's, we was in a service. Saints, the presence of God was, was so present. He was there. Oh, we, 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 I'm talking about in this building. We was having a hallelujah good time. And for some reason, somehow, I think Rosalind went to the third heaven. She, she was, I mean, she was, she was praising God. She had to be in the midst right there. And there was a, something going on in the, in the back. And, and it's, I, I, I ran out. And, and tried to get Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. Oh. It wasn't no touching her. Uh -uh. Amen, amen. It was that high. And it should be that way all, it, all the time. Amen. You know, we should really be able to have the power, the control over our flesh that when we get in the presence of God, can't nothing touch us. Yeah. You know, and I was, I, was, I was so grateful for God because in the midst of it all, Father just said, well, I was going back. Go, go on and help your husband for what's needed at that point. It's, it's, it's just a blessing. And saints, that's why I encourage each and every one of you, even in giving praise here, when you're praising God, and you worshiping him. You don't want nobody disturbing you. Amen. Amen. Do you hear me? You just that you in the midst of praising God and somebody say, oh, how you doing? <laughs> don't interrupt my conversation with my father. Even naturally, when I'm talking to my wife, I do not want the phone to ring. Every time we, we get in a deep conversation, ring, 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 ring. 
Well, she get a text. Can't that text wait? I'm trying to talk to you. So then I, be patient. Let her finish. Let, let everything settle down. Okay. Now, now, we, can, now we can talk. <laughs> but you know, that's my impatientness. That, that's what fathers try to help me have power control over. But you know what? I'm so glad that my father don't have the same attitude as I do. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching now. I'm so glad that he is merciful. That, that's, that's our father. And he's trying to teach us to have the same power. Maybe that phone keep ringing because he's trying to, he's, he's giving me a test, at, test after test, and I keep failing. But he ain't quit giving the test. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Try it again. I, I, I know there's shows when I go home today, sit down and talk. And guess who be calling sometimes? The Lord is so good. Okay, let's, let's get. How many know you do have enemies after you? Amen. Huh? I'm not talking about the IRS. I'm not talking about outstanding tickets or child support. Who do you think your enemies are? What do you think they're trying to do? How do you think your enemies are dressed? Red alert, FYI, Satan is not red with horns and a tail. That is a creation of what man wants you to think the devil look like. Since Satan is your enemy, who do you think he uses? Second Corinthians 11, 14 and 15 says this. And no marvel. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Transform means to change in nature or condition. If Satan can transform himself, if Satan can change his appearance, why can't his ministers do the same? The next verse says, Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Satan beguiled Eve through his subtlety. What do you think he's trying to do to you? His helpers, his followers, Minister and appear to be like the ministers of righteousness, but are not. They pretend to obey the gospel, but do not. They come in the form of false prophets and teachers. They dress well, speak well, 
without wolves and sheep clothing. They preach one thing and do another. Don't allow the power of darkness. Don't allow the false teachers of this world. Don't allow the ministers of unrighteousness to overtake you. And lead you down a path that leads to your destruction. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 and 5. But ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Those of you who have received him are not in darkness. Those who don't know him need to find those that do. Verse 5 says, you are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Amen. Let me show you what Jesus did with the power he had. This way we can understand what we must do with the power he's given us. Look at Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death it, he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. Jesus took upon himself the same flesh we have, so he could destroy the one who had the power of death, being Satan. Jesus came to destroy all of our enemies. 15 says, and delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. It was the flesh that kept us bound in fear. Jesus not only freed us from prison and fear, he broke the chains that kept us. Verse 17 says, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. First Peter 1, 3, and 5 tells us this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is how we were begotten again. First, God is the author of our life. Second, he has salvaged us from the death by the life of Christ Jesus. Verse 4 says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faith is not a way reserved in heaven for you. We need his birth. We need his death and his resurrection to receive life, deliverance, and salvation. Each one is important. Birth to relate and identify. Death to deliver from. And his resurrection to have eternal life. And to have it as our home. Verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It is by his power we are kept. If it is by power of his blood, are cleansed. By the power of his word, we are washed. If Jesus kept them, then 
by the power of his resurrection, he is keeping us now by the same power. And it has not been lost in any stretch of the imagination. When Jesus said all power, that meant then and now. For salvation, for leading, for guiding, for our protection, Jesus has the ability, he has the right, he has the authority, he has the strength and the capability to keep us. And because Jesus has done this for us, we now have the power to continue in it. Let's close with 2 Peter 1. Verse 3 through 9. And this is how it reads. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to the glory and virtue. Do you see this? By his divine power we have been given all things Amen. that pertain to life and godliness. Yes. And it is through knowledge whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All of God's promises are yea and amen. With this we can be partakers and escape the corruption of the world by the blood of Christ. And then we are told in verse 5, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. In other words, give all effort and care to this and add what you believe with moral excellence and righteousness. And to the knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Add, what, add with what you know some self-restraint. Add with what you know, the knowledge that you have, add it with self-restraint. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Don't be so ready to fly off the handle. Hear the matter out, especially when you see others are not where you are. Be patient with them as Christ has been with you. Jesus had the power. He gave us the power. Now it's time to exercise that power with those around us, like your spouse, like your children, like your co-workers. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. In every situation and case, exercise love that comes from God only. Verse 8 says, for all these things be in you and abound, they Make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you exercise these things only when it is convenient? What does it take to unplug your power? Verse 9 says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. They have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Have you lost your power? Have you forgotten what Jesus has done 
and given you? If so, replug to him. Rebuild in him and rejoice with him. Amen, amen. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours. Thank you.